Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Coach Grayson Show podcast. I'm super excited to start this podcast as my number one goal is to provide you guys knowledge and empowerment to crush your goals every day. I'm going to be conducting interviews with coaches, athletes, entrepreneurs, and more, posting live stream Q&As and daily rants. So please enjoy the podcast, guys. Hey, guys. I got Margot Alvarez here with me. Margot, thank you for uh, hopping on the podcast with me. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Uh, can you uh, kind of go into detail about who you are, what you do, where you come from? Uh, yeah, so I... Um... I'm a business owner, athlete, coach. I uh, was originally born in La Jolla, California, grew up in Montana for most of my life, Uh, went to school in Hawaii uh, for corporate communications, and then graduated and then moved to the Bay Area, found CrossFit in 2011 and kind of um, just went head over heels within that industry. I loved health and fitness ever since I was younger. I was always involved in sports of some sort of fashion. So being in, in some sort of athletics was always having my attention. And so over the past, I guess, eight and a half years, I threw myself into CrossFit, competing at a high level um, and, and growing into that role. And then also coaching at the same time, helping other people with their fitness and health goals. And then a couple of years ago, I started my own business uh, and I have my own wine company now and am evolving. So that was a very uh, brief overview. That's awesome. <laughs> um, but I wanted to kind of give, I guess, a, a sum of where I'm at now. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, this yeah. is kind of a this is kind of a quick question, but we're at the Bay Area, exactly. Uh, so you know where Walnut Creek Concord is, Pleasant Hill. Yeah. So I grew up. I actually grew up in La Jolla when I was very little, but when I moved to the Bay Area, I was there like Pleasant Hill, Walnut Creek, Concord, Concord area for about six years. Lived for a little bit in San Ramon, um, but I love it there. It's okay. I would consider that my second home. Yeah, definitely. I was born in Hayward. So that's oh, were you? Yeah, I was. And so I still have some immediate family <clears throat> up there and actually went to high school for a couple of years up in Castro Valley High. Oh, nice. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So that was a long time ago, but it's, <laughs> wow, it's a small world. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's definitely, as you get to know more people, um, you see that there's a, a connection that kind of pulls people together. Oh, definitely. Um, cool. Oh, I know it, right? Uh, the more and more I you know, do podcast interviews or just talk to people, just, just communicate. It's crazy how we are, are all connected. Uh, so one of my main questions I have for you, and I'm sure a lot of people do, is you know, what got you into health and fitness? You know, Obviously, being a six-time uh, CrossFit Games competitor um, and being the serious athlete you are, like what, kind of, what kind of sparked that interest? I think I've always been involved ever since I was little, being outdoors, being active was something that always pulled my interest. I always wanted to be involved in some sort of sport. And obviously sport for each person is different. Um, I did horseback riding for a number of years, volleyball, golf. Uh, and I think just putting myself in a challenging situation was something that I always liked to. I like to like pull myself to that occasion, to that challenge. And so doing sports when I was little, growing up with my younger sisters um, and having them evol- around me as well was something that always I ge- was kind of generated towards. Um, I like to put myself in, in an environment that pushes myself, that challenges myself. Um, and I think that was just instilled at such a young age. My parents were involved with sports at different times in their life. And so that was kind of ingrained as our lifestyle. And as I grew up and once I graduated college, uh, I knew I wanted to continue to be involved in the health and fitness world and sports in general. And so for me, that started off by doing just like obstacle course racing and just kind of fun stuff, run like running, even though maybe people don't consider running as fun. Um, I considered it fun. And so I signed up for like some half marathons, some 10 Ks, uh, did them some by myself, some with a group of friends. And I think just putting myself in an environment where I'm constantly 
challenging myself to just be better for myself. That was something that I, I was really enticed on. And so when I came across CrossFit, I think it challenged me in so many ways, also physically, but also mentally that it was, I was drawn to it immediately. And I was like, all right, you know, how, how far can I challenge myself? How far can I push myself? And obviously mm-hmm. being around people that also are involved in fitness as well. I think that kind of uh, surrounds you in a positive environment. So you're more likely to uh, be drawn to that, I think with other people that are involved. Yeah, definitely. Cause that's, I think that's, you know, cause that's something I've always kind of realized with it is CrossFit seems to get a kind of a bad rap, especially with me in the strength conditioning world. But, you know, I, the one thing I love about the most is the community that it, it creates and the family, you know, the, the family atmosphere. hundred percent. I a hundred percent agree. And I think that was something that obviously the, the challenge is what drew me in the physical mental aspect of it, but also the community of everyone, you know, coming together, supporting one, one another, doesn't matter what level of athleticism or, um, level of fitness that you have that you can all come together and like be in the same area and sh- support one another and cheer each other on. I think that was really cool. And I think obviously like everything, things evolve. And I think whether you stay in CrossFit or you decide to go into the strength and conditioning world and focus on just on powerlifting or focus on the Olympic lifting or decide to get into strongman, or you decide to say, Hey, I, I want to just do yoga or whatever it is. I think, you know, being in an environment where you're supported to do something physical, I think is huge and important. I think, that's something that um, I'm seeing a lot more of as I branch and I do more within just, I guess you think of like that fitness, the umbrella of fitness. There's a lot of people out there that find their own niche, but as long as people are being supportive to what they want, then their fitness goals are being met, which is really cool. Yeah, definitely. What's your daily routine look like? Um, I mean, it's tough because if you're, lo- I mean, so I guess now things have changed a little bit where I'm focusing more on the business more so than I am um, fit like athletics and training um like for to give example for today i got up um we have a new puppy and so taking her out is kind of now a new oh, priority nice. <laughs> making sure she doesn't go in the house making sure she's going outside but um so i took care of her and then sat down did some work did some emails and then had a meeting um with our marketing executive um for a business and did that for a couple hours and then came back home did a couple more emails some phone calls some works work logistics on the computer and then um, have this call with you. And then later tonight I'll do some more work. And a lot of the work that I'm doing with the business, the wine business is obviously like online Um, emails, Mm -hmm. phone calls, some of it's in person. Um, And then by the end of the day, I'll, I'll wrap up and it's tough to, to not, to not disconnect from my computer or my phone and like try to work until eight or 9 PM, but I'm trying to pull back earlier and set certain timeframes where I'm kind of disconnecting. But today, a lot of that work was spent on the, on the computer. Not every day is the same. Um, the goal is obviously to make a priority for fitness. So if I'm looking, if I look back a little bit to like when I was competing, a lot more time was spent in the gym. I'd spend anywhere from like six to seven to eight hours a day, not all together, but maybe broken up in the sections. Um, and then the work that I was doing was maybe on the shorter end, maybe in the morning or evening time. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the business I started, it's been, it's a little over two years now. So like two years and like three months. And so in the beginning, it was a lot of business stuff, but a lot of it was logistics and on the side. So balancing the competing, balancing the training and balancing that was like a juggling act. And it still is now, but as more time is focused towards the business, less time is spent in the gym. I'm in the gym, maybe an hour or two hours a day depending on my training schedule. Um, so again, it just depends, but obviously my focus now is a lot more on the business side, more so than the, the gym. I still love the gym, but again, there's priority uh, to build things. Oh, definitely. 
how do you think your athletic career kind of, you know, shifted, to, you know, kind of had to transfer over to being a business owner? Uh, I, th- I think it was huge in terms of putting that discipline and laying that foundation. Um, anything in the athletics, I think you have to set the foundation for like the basics and instilling so much more in terms of just the gym time. So like time management um, and organizing your day around that. I think that's a great base for what I'm doing business-wise. I've always been very organized and really diligent about making lists and making plans, Um, but time management and prioritizing the basics, whether that's the basics in the gym or basics in the business will be huge because as you get further along in the gym or further along in the business, if you don't have that foundation at base, it, it will crumble or it will just kind of crash and you have to rebuild if that makes sense. Try to kind of pair those two. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. What, what's your, what's been, what's been your biggest struggle with, with having the business? Um, I mean, yeah, it's tough. I would, it's tough. One thing is, one is financial being able to like find the finances to like grow and build your business because there's so many other businesses out there, small businesses that are wanting to grow um, and wanting to go out there. So I think financial, the financial, financial aspect is one of the challenging things. Um, the other challenging is knowing when to say yes to and knowing when to say no, because you want to say yes to every single, every single thing that comes your way. But if you say yes to everything, then things kind of get spread thin and you're not able to maybe delegate the time that you have because you said yes to either people or businesses or other things going on in your life. And so being able to know when to say yes and when to say no. And I was just talking with a friend the other day recently about you know, sometimes you might say no to one thing, but that allows you to say yes to something else. And I think it's really important to remember because there's so many opportunities in life. And there's an analogy that my husband and I talk about in business and training and whatever in life in general, that, you know, if you miss a bus, you don't get on that bus and that bus could be, you know, getting an apartment or sealing the deal with a business or with a client, you miss that bus. And it's like, oh man, I missed that bus. I didn't get on. Like it's the end of the end. But it's like, no, that bus might pass. There will be another bus coming. Sometimes you don't know when, but there is another bus guaranteed to come. So I've used that analogy in life and training and business. And it's it's really helped in terms of that mental aspect of not getting too high or too low. Yeah, that's great. Uh, one thing I kind of realized with the two is the if, if you say yes to too many things, the quality of your product can actually decrease. Definitely. And that's something I've dealt with and kind of, you know, learn you know learn myself um so learning to say no has been a really big thing in in everything not just business but life in general you know having friends you know friends want to go out and you know you may want to but you gotta wake up early for a workout or for a meeting the next day well you know it's kind of a sacrifice yep 100 percent. and i think everyone has different sacrifices uh again depending on the industry or depending on what they're focusing on but it's, it's important sometimes to say no to certain things and people might be upset. People might not always understand, but those that truly support you and know what you're working towards will, will understand that and not hold anything against you, which is, which is those that actually people that really care, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> that's just put into perspective. Um, so yeah, so your business is a wine business. Can you kind of go into a little more detail about uh, what it is, where you where you guys are located? Uh, totally. Stuff like that. Yeah, so um, it's called the Goat Wine. We uh, we've had started off with five different labels, and we've been able to sell a good number of wine. Um, we've actually sold out of three of the labels, but our flagship wine that we created uh, is called the Goat Wine, and we do all the winemaking in Paso Robles, California. 
And we started this business about two, a little over two years ago. And we actually launched at the CrossFit Games in 2017 in Madison. So we currently reside in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, we've got the wine into distribution here in Las Vegas. So when I say distribution, it's like, uh, it could be like retail shops, um, like a liquor store. So we have like Corey's Fine Wine, Valley Cheese of Wine, um, Top Shelf Liquor and Wine. So it's all retail shops where people can go in and actually buy it there and take it home. Then we also have it into um, some on and off premises place locations. So like restaurants on and off the strip, which is really cool because when you see from the front end, like people are like, oh, wow, like where can I find the wine? You're like, oh, you tell them all these locations. But from the back end, it's like the struggle and the, the challenge to get into those places are really hard. So it's, I'm really happy and really excited that we got into Las Vegas. We actually got into Las Vegas last year. So it's been a little over a year now in distribution here, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but we actually started launching within the CrossFit world and within the fitness world and the games was a perfect place for it. So the challenge there um, from going from 2016 and going into 2017, that those two years were the hardest because we're trying to start set up the infrastructure, trying to get all the licensing um, to get all that set up. But being able to launch at the games and have you know two goals that year, of obviously getting returning back to the games and qualifying and being able to play and compete at that field, but also launch my wine business at the same spot was was really rad. It was a huge moment, and it's tough because looking back on it. I didn't really give myself the credit or the celebration of that I deserve, I feel like, because you get caught up in like, all right, you need to do this. You need to have the wine available. You need to get it to the distributor. You need to be ready to compete. You got to make sure everything's on point. And so it's cool to reflect back and look back. It's like, man, like I did all that in the, in the same year. Like, that's pretty cool. But um, anyway, so we launched it in 2017. So it's a little over two years now. And we just got into distribution in uh colorado and we'll actually have the wine available there in boulder and a couple places uh, hopefully in uh, denver as well so it's been um oh, awesome. yeah so it's a, a kind of a, a two-person team it's my husband and i so we do anything from like the fulfillment to the marketing to the advertising to entering orders to any events that we do which we focus a lot on this past year was a lot of yoga and wine night events so we'll go to local nice. um, spots and just promote that lifestyle brand and our message has been work hard wine down and that working hard could be in the gym, on your career, school, whatever it is. At the end of the day, you relax and have a glass of wine. And obviously, there's a lot of people out there that that don't drink or maybe aren't of age to drink. But that message still stays the same where it's like, hey, you work hard towards your goals. At the end of the day, relax and enjoy yourself and celebrate the successes, celebrate the struggles. Um, but at the same time, like embrace them and celebrate that with friends or family. That could be donuts on the couch. It could be hanging out in the park with your dog or your family or kids. But the message is still the same, you know, like to enjoy the process because we all have experiences in life where maybe something happens and tomorrow isn't guaranteed or something isn't always going to be there tomorrow. So I think it's important to um, really be in that moment and appreciate everything you have at that time. Mm -hmm, definitely. Yeah, my wife and I, we're doing Sober October, so we've been missing our wine. <laughs> <laughs> so good for you guys. You're almost there a couple more days. I know, right? But that's, you know, that's one thing we kind of always, you know, preach to each other. It's, you know, with her job and, you know, my business and, you know, his expansion and all the craziness of life, you know. Totally. It's one of those things in life that kind of, you know, not it just brings like winds us down, but it helps connect us, you know. 100%. And it brings us back into reality. Um, that makes total sense to me. No, definitely. Do you ever time or a hard time from anybody trying to mix our alcohol with fitness? Um, we've never, I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't think anyone's really given us a hard time, but a lot of people have asked us, you know, how is it that you, you know, you, you do fitness and wine? And it's like, I explain my experience and I explain how I've lived. I mean, I've always, I've always enjoyed 
um, a nice beverage, whether that's wine, beer, mixed drink, but I'm not saying like go out there and get like smashed or crush a whole six pack or 12 pack or whatever, two bottles. But my biggest message has been to people is, you know, my lifestyle has been, I work hard in the gym. I train at the end of the day, I'm going to relax and have a glass or two at the end of the night. And so people have asked me, you know, like, is that, does that hinder your performance? Does that hinder you? And for me, in my experience, I haven't found it. Uh, to hinder me in that aspect I mean if I go to have like three or four or five glasses of wine then yeah I'll feel tired the next day maybe a little slow but then I make sure that I mean in the competition or the height of the competition I would make sure I'd be doing that on the day that I knew I had a rest day the next day so it's like if I'm going to be a little tired if I'm going to ha- indulge and have another glass or two of wine then I know I make sure I'm tailoring it to myself and that's been the biggest message is everyone's different on what they want to go what they want the what they want to work towards and achieve but it's like that's where it's flexible and again, I'm not saying you have to do it. If you don't want to drink, totally fine. Totally respect that because I have tons of friends that don't drink. Um, but again, I just want to be able to share what my lifestyle has been. And I think there's a big stigma in, um, or there has been, I feel like in the past where it's like, oh, if, he, if you're physically working towards your goals, you can't, you can't drink or you can't enjoy something. And again, everyone has their own, their own path or their own journey. So I'm not speaking against them. I'm just speaking what, what I have had my experience with. Um, and I share that with people. So that's something I just try to be open with from the beginning. Yeah. That's kind of like the 80, 20 rule, you know, the what? 80, 20 uh, rule. The 80, 20. Oh, 80, 20. Rule. Yeah. Yes, totally. A hundred percent. You know, um, now in regards to the wine business, what, uh, what are the flavors of wine do you guys have? Uh, so we, so we have five different varietals. Most of them, our focus yeah. has been blends. So they're all red wines. Um, we'd like to, in the next year, uh, 2020 be able to bring um, like some whites and I know a lot of people out there obviously love whites as well our big focus has been red blends um, but we have a single varietal Zinfandel then the goat is a petite Syrah Syrah Granacha and Tanat blend and then the moderation which moderation bottle was actually a smaller bottle so a traditional bottle 750 mls our moderation bottle was uh, 500 mls so again promoting that theme of moderation uh, so instead of drinking a full bottle of wine you have about two to three glasses of wine depending on your glass size pour but um that was a petite straw blend as well and then we had cheerston which was dedicated to my sister who passed away she uh she was huge into art and cooking and wine and she um she was also like huge into painting in the art art area and the art industry. And so she, uh, when she passed, we used one of her last paintings as inspiration for the label uh, and it's called the purple tree. And that was a Garnacha Tempranillo blend. And that again, dedicated to the message of, you know, enjoy your life, make the most of every moment you have. Um, that was something that was really important to us. And then the other label we had was called Le Vigneron, which is winemaker in French. And that was a blend of Carignan and uh, Zinfandel as well. So five different labels we had. We sold out of three, which is awesome. Uh, but we'll, we'll be rebottling some new wine, hopefully um, middle of, this, of January, uh, end of January. And then the goat obviously has um, been the flagship one that we got into distribution that most people gravitate towards. And that stands for greatest of all time. And again, that could be sports. And a lot of people think of goat as sports. They think of like Tom Brady in football or they think of Tiger Woods in golf. And so again, that could be applicable towards, again, the greatest all time in your school life, whatever. It doesn't have to be just sports, um, but it's something that obviously we want to promote that message with. But again, we want to break that. For us, the biggest thing was breaking that barrier between, you know, if you don't know much about wine, you can't drink it. It's like, no, like you drink what you like, drink what you enjoy. If you don't know a certain wine or don't, 
understand it that's fine but it just takes time like the more you drink and the more you taste and enjoy the more you'll learn about wine and our biggest thing is like you know drink what you enjoy um, i'll share with you my experience and i'll tell you about what i've learned and uh then you can make the, each individual can make their own decision about what they want to enjoy and what they want to uh, sip on mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know what's funny is i actually used to hate it really <laughs> like 21 22 i hated it yeah I'm like i'm never gonna do this stuff ever again uh, but the older it got, you know, just kind of learned, you know, more about it and really got into it. Whereas, you know, my wife and I now, I mean, we even use like a decanter, That's you know, awesome. a, a, a filtrator, we use the whole deal now. So it's kind of, you know, kind of full circle. Yeah. And I think a lot of people just comes down to experience, I think. And as you grow and evolve, I mean, I, I've liked wine ever since I was young, just because my, my parents taught taught me about it both my sisters and I and they would teach us and you know tell us about the flavors and the smell and the aroma but if you don't have that education when you're younger that's fine I think as you go along if you have a desire to learn and taste about it it's just it comes down to time right just like time in the gym like if you want to get stronger on your squat your deadlift your bench or if you want to learn how to do you know muscle ups or pull ups whatever it might be it just takes time and I think being patient in that process and that journey you will you will in time learn what you want to learn or you'll become better about it but again, I think it's a, it's a process. And I mean, like you said, you didn't enjoy any of it when you're younger, but now as time has evolved, you've actually enjoyed it. And now you're like, you have a whole process to it, which I think it's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's definitely come full circle. Yeah. Uh, what is, what are some marketing tactics you guys use for your company? I would say a lot of it is in-person events. We've done, um, some like ad space in terms of like social media, but it's tough because social media is so, um, I would not, I would say, I would say it's so very saturated because there's so many people out there on social media um, and being with it, wine and alcohol, obviously anyone under 21, it gets anything that we try to promote will get hidden. Um, and our biggest thing for marketing has been in-person events. So we travel a lot for events that could be California, Nevada, um, Arizona. Um, I mean, we've done events even in Wisconsin and Colorado as well, but I would say that's in terms of best return rate of, advertising would be the in-person events not to say that you can't do advertising on other platforms but that's where we found we get the most out of um the energies being spent in that domain if that makes sense yeah do you feel like that's because that that's do you feel like that seems to be where things are headed to because i feel like things went from going from in person to now everyone's on social media you know that seems to be you know the thing is like i've been listening to a lot of stuff like Garrett. Gary Vaynerchuk and other stuff mm-hmm. like that, whereas, you know, social media content, 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 um, you know, uh, yeah. where, do you think it, where do you think it's headed for the future? It, I do agree. I mean, uh, I know I definitely agree. I mean, Gary V is talking about content. I 100% agree that content is out there. And my husband and I talked about that. Like, you got to put out content. But the one thing that we've noticed now is that if you're putting out content talking about sales and like buying this and buying that, I think a lot of people are getting desensitized to it because they're constantly being sold to. I think there was a, I mean, it's, it's, it was a trend. It still is a trend, but a lot of people are spending a lot of time on their phone. Um, and that could be emails, that could be social media, whatever it could be. It could be video, FaceTime, all that stuff. But I think people are getting desensitized to being sold to. So I think it's a lot about not just content specifically as like an umbrella, but also looking at like education or entertainment, something that's creating value for someone or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something, again, whether that's spreading the message of an individual, spending message of the brand, promoting a lifestyle, motivating people, inspiring people. Um, I think, I think there was 
a trend of, you know, being able to have everything easily accessible. So I press the button and I can order this from Amazon. I press the button and I get my coffee made instantly. And I think a lot of people, or at least I'm seeing that a lot of people are, are wanting to go back to that in-person experience. They want to have something where they feel like they can create it. So think of, for example, I press a button and I make coffee, right? Like, all right, cool. That's awesome. But if someone wants more of an an experience out of it. Maybe they grind the beans themselves and then they put them in one of those little V cups. So they're able to actually pour the hot water over it. So they pour their own coffee. I know it sounds kind of, kind of weird in the way, but again, it's that, that experience that people want. So I can promote my product online and people may or may not see it because the amount of people that are online are hundreds of thousands, millions of people online. But if I create in-person event, I may not get hundreds and thousands of people at that event, but I'm going to get more people that are dedicated to actually coming to check out my event, taste the wine that are a little bit more um, interested in the event versus like I may or may not get a handful of people if I'm going online. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it kind of comes down to just, you know, what's, you know, no matter what, you know, what is your connection with the people, mm -hmm. um, you know, not just with your product, but your, what, what the community your product makes, you know? Yeah. And, and on um, the double, like I'm looking at devil's advocate, like I'm, I'm like, I'm looking at the other side of it. Like I, I'm so grateful for social media because right now, like I don't have a retail spot where people can come in. I don't have a wine tasting bar where people can come in and taste the wine. I would like to be able to create that in the near future. And that's something hopefully we're working towards here soon. But right now my, my retail location or my retail spot is my website or is my social media where I can interact with people. And, and obviously it's built up over the years through CrossFit and through social media, but it's like, that's my platform where I can talk to people and get to know people, hear their stories, look at their stories, um, and also share my story with others. And my biggest thing is if I can help give back to the community, whether that's my personal story and what I've been through or my, um, my accomplishments, my achievements that I made throughout my, my sport or fitness aspect or my business aspect, then it's awesome like I'll be able to hopefully inspire or motivate someone else out there doing something similar doing the exact same thing and so for again to play devil's advocate I'm grateful for the social media presence and the the platforms that I do have as of now mm -hmm. definitely what uh what social media platform do you guys utilize the most I would say Instagram um it's tough because I, I try to utilize all of them but I think Instagram is probably the biggest one um again if you're looking at demographics too I think Instagram is maybe younger generation, like millennials or so age group. I mean, not to say there aren't other people on there, but I see, I would say a lot more people are in that generation or maybe generation X and Y or more on Facebook. Um, but again, I use both platforms, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, um, try to use them all. <laughs> right. What do you guys, how do you guys utilize LinkedIn? Cause that kind of, I've been reading a lot about that and it's funny because you know when I kind of first started LinkedIn it was like okay it's got to look top-notch like this is my online resume and that's obviously changed where it's honestly it I feel like it's just an adult Facebook yeah it's interesting uh, someone was just talking to me about this the other day how they said it comes turning into Facebook and when I first started LinkedIn this was years ago maybe even a decade ago I think about 10 years ago um but it was like an online resume and I, I didn't utilize it very much it was more just very basic you know here's my experience hopefully here's connections I can meet with and I think over the years specifically maybe this last year or two it's it's for sure grown into more than just um, you know career orientated maybe more connection orientated um, and, it, and it's interesting because you think that you know how how am I going to get to people that are, if it's an adult, if you think about it as an adult Facebook, but if people are on there looking for connections and looking for leads, and I think it's something that can guarantee. And that's actually, LinkedIn was actually how we got connected 
to a master SOM here in Vegas and also a distributor here in Vegas. And so it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, all right, you know, is it, is it the worth people ask, you know, is it worth doing? I'm like, I mean, you won't know until you try, you know, if you don't ever tap into something, you don't ever try something. You may never know. It might be a lot of time put into that energy or put into that platform, but if it yields something, maybe not immediately, right now like this week or this day but it might yield something in a, in a in a year or a few months then i would say you know it's worth it um mm-hmm. yeah it, it's tough it's i'm i mean i don't have like numbers to say all right you know it's totally worth it but it, it's definitely been worth my time and energy because i've been able to connect with a lot of people not only within vegas but also around the world through it right and i'm sure it's probably taken a lot of time and patience <laughs> yes <laughs> lots of time and it's tough because i mean you probably know this too like time is a commodity that you cannot get back. And so if you say, say, say yes to something that's going to take up your time, that's something you cannot get back. You know, if you buy something and you spend money, you're like, Oh man, that wasn't worth it. Well, you know, you can probably make that money back in some form or fashion, but if you waste your time doing something you're like, Oh man, like I wish I could rewind the clock and get that time back, you know, and until someone finds a time machine, then we can't do that. Um, so that time is very valuable. So you got to make, make it worth it, but also, you know, justify, all right, cool. This is the time that I'm putting in, like allocate the time for that and, um, and like charge forward, move forward. Yeah. That's yeah. That's cause that's one of my biggest things I kind of learned was, you know, there's RRIs, which is um, for people who don't know what ROI is return on investment, but, mm-hmm. but a new term I kind of learned is rot. So return on time. I mean, it's, me, I've never heard like, anyone really, call it rot. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah. So like, I had a buddy who told me that, and I'm like, "What? What's what's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, return on time. It's more valuable." I'm like, "And I agree, hundred percent." You know? Oh, hundred percent. Totally agree with me. Because again, like, you can't get that time back. So you want to make it as as worth it as possible. What's been one of your biggest weaknesses, and what have you done to you know try to improve that weakness? Man, that is a great question, and I would say one of my weaknesses would be being too nice. And I, I don't know for people listening that might sound like, how is that possible? But I'm, <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I treat others how I want to be treated. So I'm always very, you know, think of people like, you know, always think people are innocent or have the goodest of hearts. They're genuine, their efforts. Not everyone is like that as I've learned. Um, so I would say biggest weakness would be being nice um, and saying, not being able to say no. And so I've learned to say no. I've learned to cut back on what I say yes to because like you said things get watered down and if you're saying yes to five different projects and each project is, is barely pulling in 20 to 25 percent or 10 percent or 15 percent then things aren't going to be as as you want them and so that's something I really had to work hard on is like saying no um and and in my mind it's like oh man you know I hope they don't they're upset or they think I don't want to you know do this but I have to make sure that I'm putting myself first because if I don't put myself first and I don't help myself then there's no way I can help other people um, in the mm-hmm. community again whether that be fitness you know business whatever it is mentoring in any aspect I got to make sure that I'm helping myself so I can in turn help them and that again has come down to you know making sure that I'm saying yes to things that I really can commit myself to and saying no more often than yes mm-hmm. yeah definitely because that's what i that, what's really interesting is the nice thing is i feel like i get the same thing as well people say i'm too nice mm-hmm. in regards to business or whatever but and i feel like a lot of people sometimes do take advantage of that and it's learning how to deal with that specific situation you know totally i 100 percent agree and, and there'll be people that will will take advantage of that which 
I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean, they will. So do you have to learn to navigate? Like, you know, who do I really want to be around? Who do I want to spend my time around? Um, not only personal relationships, but also professional relationships as well. Oh, definitely. Uh, so I can add just one more thing for you. Uh, what's one more, what's one piece of advice that you can give to somebody who is struggling through something in their life, whether it's a fitness goal or business decision, what's one piece of advice you can give to somebody right now? Um, it's tough. Yeah. I, I think of like, depending on like what avenue I'm looking at it, I think of, you know, both business and fitness, if you're working towards your goals, like one of it is, you know, being patient, um, knowing that things aren't going to happen right away in a goal. It's like, you know, if you're trying to make, you know, $10,000 in sales for the month or the week, whatever you're trying to sell, I think it's, it's, it's obviously being patient, knowing that it's going to grow depending if you're a new business or old business. Um, but at the same time, knowing that you're going to have to put in a lot of work with that goal of, you know, understanding that it's going to take time. And I think that goes into the fitness realm as well. Like you think of, again, you're trying to increase your numbers. You're trying to, you know, compete at a certain level. Um, being patient doesn't mean like being lazy or being like passive where you sit back on the side, but being patient is, you know, knowing it's a process, knowing that it takes time. You're going to spend more time in that process. You're going to spend more time getting up to that goal than actually achieving that goal. So being, being patient in that process and enjoying that experience that you have, but also knowing that, you know, working hard and, and co constantly assessing yourself at where you're at is going to allow you to give you that best um, direction forward. Like you think of like, you know, looking back and reflecting on the day's work, the week's work, the month's work, the year's work, that will allow you to look forward to guide you to where you're going to go next. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I would say wow, that would be there. you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you end it. Uh, where can people find you on social media? So people can find me on Instagram at 321go, G-A-U-X, not G-O. Um, so either on Instagram or Twitter, Facebook is just Marco Alvarez. Same thing with uh, LinkedIn. Uh, that's where I spend most of my time. And then um, we're actually launching our new website this week for the wine. It's called thegoatwine.com. So they'll be coming up very soon. Um, our old website or and current website right now is thevineyard.space. And so we'll be launching that and sharing that on social media by the end of the week. So I'm excited for that. Cool. I'll, be, I'll make sure to put the, the website and all that in the show notes for you. Okay, cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I'm excited to share this as well. Whenever you um, finish it, I can share it on the social media platforms. Okay, perfect. I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Well, thank you. I'm Margo. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'm going to edit it all tonight. And then um, I'll actually, um, if you want a copy, I'll send you a copy as well. But I'll probably post it on the, on my podcast on, the, on Anchor probably tomorrow at some point. Okay, awesome. And then if, if you ever need anything or, or, or have any questions on please don't hesitate to reach out i really Definitely. appreciate it yeah of course same goes for you where do you guys uh reside uh so we're in, uh so my wife and i we live in a small town outside of omaha so i actually i uh ran a performance company in lincoln nebraska for two okay. years um i unfortunately had a little bit of a fallout with uh my other owners and so we kind of i started doing stuff in omaha uh, actually uh two weeks ago so it's been kind of a process <laughs> yeah well, I'm sorry to hear that, but it'll be, it'll be good to have your own like fresh start for you. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the, the my, my biggest takeaway about it is, uh, you know, I'm I do the reason why I'm a you know coach, trainer, and business owner is you know I do it for people. You know, I'm mm -hmm. in a, I'm in the business to help people out. Um, totally. You know, plain, plain and simple. You know. That's awesome. Good for you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, but course. yeah, I'll actually be I'll be out in Denver. 
uh, middle part of November. Uh, one of my, yeah, one of my other coaches, he trains, uh, I'm not sure how familiar you are with boxing, but he trains uh, Terrence Bud Crawford. Um, Terrence I've heard his like, name. Yeah, so he's like the number one boxer in the world right now. Um, so That's he'll be so awesome. For, so he'll be training for his camp. So I'll be out there in Denver. So uh, really uh, cool. Know, yeah, so that'll be fun. Well, um, I'm actually, we'll be out there in uh, Denver slash Boulder area, the middle, like the middle of November, like November 11th to the 15th. Um, we're doing some wine events out there, one in a box in Denver, and then one in, might do it at CrossFit Roots in Boulder, and then the wine merchant, the Boulder wine merchant shop out there actually brought in our wine in, so we'll be doing an event out there, so, um, but yeah, I'm excited, Colorado's amazing, it, it's beautiful. Cool, that's awesome, yeah, I think that's the, I think I'm, I think I'm going out there from the 11th to the 18th, so I might, uh, oh, nice. yeah, so if you guys are not too busy or stuff, we'll yeah. have to get coffee or something. Yeah, that'd be awesome, for sure, we'll stay in touch. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thank you, Margo. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you. I'll talk to you Uh soon. Take care. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye.